Welcome to the House Top Podcast, the teaching arm of Oikos Ministries. Jesus said, Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Join our host, Terrell Abair, as he teaches God's Word. Welcome to Facebook Live, Oikos Ministries. Uh, we're studying the book of Ephesians. We just started last week. Uh, you can catch up with this anytime at our website on www.housechurchesusa. I'm your host, Terrell Abair. I'll be teaching tonight from the book of Ephesians. And so without further ado, we're going to get right into it. We are in Ephesians chapter 1. I started last week and we're going to go over the same verses, but I have a whole different message. It's on the last part of this these passages. So in verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And so tonight, we covered all this last week. We we dealt with each part very thoroughly. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about just the last little phrase there, accepted in the beloved. And I think this is a powerful phrase and a powerful term. And as a matter of fact, as we study this word and get into it, it's a, it's, you're going to see it develop as a, as a pretty pertinent thing. As a matter of fact, when we consider the word acceptance, the opposite is rejection. And I think every one of us have felt that stab of rejection in our life. We all know that. The Bible says that Jesus himself was a man, was, was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We'll get back to that toward the end of this message, but the fact is that we've all known some sorts of rejection. Uh, no matter who we are, we felt it. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the greatest human needs we have is a need for acceptance. And, and so it, it makes us susceptible to the fear of man and that we would, some of us would bend over backwards to be accepted by others. And whether we like it or not, we all find ourselves excommunicated or out of or put away from some circle of friends or some family members or whatever it might be. We find the stabs and the hurts and pains of rejection. And many of us never outlive those, never outgrow them. And it seemed to plague us all our life when we set up really weird uh, psychological, emotional issues in our own lives to keep us uh, from the pains of rejection. So we have to be careful of this. And anyway, the Bible talks about the, the last verse, verse six, to the praise of his glory, of his grace by which, now grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And that word accepted is a powerful word uh, in the in the very root of where we get this word from. It's charis, where we get the word charismatic. Grace comes from this word. Uh, it's a gift of grace. And so when we when we look at this word, I, I have several things I want to read to you. It means with to endue with special honor accepted or highly favored. As a matter of fact, this word is only used one other time in the New Testament. It was when the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary and said, blessed are thou Mary, you are highly favored among men. 
You're highly favored. It's only to other usage of that, uh, that word because God is with you. And the idea that, that acceptance or that high favor, that's what it means. Highly favored that you found favor with God. As a matter of fact, Bible says that you know, way in the beginning, Noah found grace in God's sight, but Noah found that grace. There's this ability to be accepted by God, even when the whole world has rejected you. And this is an amazing thing. Now, uh, that root word, if I could go back to that just for a minute, charis, it means to rejoice. It means grace. It means that which causes joy, pleasure, gratification, favor, acceptance for a kindness granted. When we consider that it causes these things, that acceptance causes an emotional burst, if you would, an emotional stability, if you would, of pleasant things, of good things, joy, uh, uh, peace. There's this gratification of fullness that comes from knowing that you've been accepted. And this is a powerful thing that, and, and it's a divine issue. And we could go a little further with this. And it says that, um, I, I really love what Zodiate said in the definition of this. He said, when, when this word charis, when received by faith, it transforms us, causing us to love him and seek righteousness. Look at that. It's causation. It, it literally is a cause that, that this, when we find grace in our lives, it causes certain reactions in the human experience, in the human emotion, in the human psyche, if you would. Uh, and so it, it's powerful that, that, uh, when, when we find this grace, what it does, the effects it has on us to change us and to change our emotional issues, if you really want to get down to it. And we're living in an age where psychological and emotional, mental health, emotional health is a major issue. And I think it many times it's because we find, we, we've, 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 we've failed to find grace. Now, I know there's a false grace being taught today where people are bending over backwards to extend grace outside of the parameters that God designed it in. Let me tell you something. The first move of grace is when God gave us his son. And we have to understand that most of the problems we're sensing internally. Now, I'm talking about now our own inward issues that we deal with inside. What that literally, I'm not talking about outward things, what people have done to us, what devils do to us. There's nothing that people or devils can do against what God wants to do inside of you. And when we look at this issue, the only thing that we can do to mess this up is sin from our own heart. But when we start looking at the idea of God's powerful grace moving into our lives, and it causes certain effects to begin to take place. And there's so many people who fail to display this. As a matter of fact, so many Christians today are just bland or, or flat, or we think religion is some, is some really uh, death penalty or death sentence. We walk around and it looks like dead preachers preaching to dead people in dead congregation and dead church. Everything's dead. And it's like, God, come on, man. And the same dead people will go to Tiger Stadium and look like they're, they're insanely mad jumping up and down and hooping and hollow, go to the concert there. But again, we, we fail to find grace. You see, it's by grace we have this, we've been, we, we are accepted in the beloved. 
And that acceptance from God is based on what he's done for us that would reconcile us back to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood reconciles us back to him. That literally we can have our sin taken away by faith in the blood of Jesus. When this is revealed in you. See, I think many people have the knowledge of this, but no revelation of it whatsoever. Their spirit has not had this revelation and they're just flatlined. They literally are dead in their trespass and sin. But when this is revealed, life comes, hope comes, joy comes, peace comes. All of a sudden, this flood of good stuff begins to happen on the inside of man. He's made you accepted in the beloved. Y'all, there is a causation. Grace causes a reaction. And that the human uh, reflection, look, look, there's another great uh, definition for grace that I found years ago. It says divine influence upon the heart reflected in the life. And when we consider this idea that grace, divine influence on the heart, causes certain things it reflects a righteousness that that we couldn't produce on our own it's divine it's the power of god working on the inside and the heart of a person i mean it's the spiritual lottery going off in your heart it's the spiritual equivalent of like i've found the greatest thing it's the pearl of great plot price surely it's the treasure in the field surely it's something so valuable you sell out everything else because i have found grace in the sight of god it's a powerful very powerful thing now when he says he has made us accepted in the beloved i i don't know i have a king a new king james i'm reading from i'm teaching from right now and it's uh my beloved is capitalized here. And now in the King James, I don't think it's, it may not be. I don't, do any of y'all have a King James? Old King James is not capitalized in the old King James, but in the new King James, it is capitalized. And so we look at that and it's giving a, a name and a face. So it's not just a generic term for beloved, like, cause this is used widely. If you study the word beloved in the scripture in the New Testament, uh, most of the apostolic writers of the New Testament refer to the people of God as beloved. And so no, no question, God looks at us as his beloved in these days now that we've saved or, or the redeemed of the Lord. But he's specifically referring here to Christ Jesus himself, that he is the beloved. We find our acceptance in the beloved. Now, if you recall last week, we spoke about being in Christ and that all this is found in him. And so this is what we have to enlarge on and look at tonight, that if we find our acceptance in the beloved, it means that we have found salvation by grace through faith. And this is the, the big issue that salvation comes in. Now, too often is the case. And I, I look, I've, I've even been guilty of this in years ago. It's been many, many years. I don't do altar calls any longer. I, I have no, no issue where I call people and ask them to pray some sinner's prayer. I do no such thing. Uh, but we we do everything we can to disciple people, to bring them to a revelation of Christ. We we guide them. We 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 work with and counsel them through till they break through at the cross and get this on their own. And it's vital that we get this. But too many people today are failing to get the breakthrough that I'm going to talk about tonight, that we are talking about tonight, where they truly find grace and it has a reflection in the life and something manifests from heaven out of that soul. 
Literally, all we have now is a mentalist sin of climbing some ladder of knowledge that I know this and I know that and I know this, but we can't live it out. Grace empowers us to live, man. And that's what we got to get in our spirit. Grace is the life of God actually being poured into the spirit of man. And it's literally for the first time you are alive. We find our acceptance in the beloved. And it's so wonderful. I said it earlier as we were starting that Jesus himself, according to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah said he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. As a matter of fact, we backed up. It says he hath no form nor comeliness. And we, we see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. So he wasn't this prize in the flesh. He wasn't European, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus looking off sideways into a, a middle space glance in a portrait. No, that's garbage, man. He's ugly. Physically, he was not pretty. He had no flesh appeal, according to the book of Isaiah. Despised and ridden. There is no beauty that we would desire him. I mean, that's a nice way of saying you're just not good looking, dude. And we hid as it were our faces. Well, don't look down, but that dude's ugly. He said, well, don't talk about Jesus. I'm not. Isaiah put this in my thinking. He had no form nor comeliness. Neither is there any beauty that we should desire him. What's that mean to you? He called everything else right in that prophecy. Why wouldn't this be right? He's despised and rejected of men. Let me tell you something, folks. There may be something in your flesh that doesn't appeal to men and they don't like you. You may be overweight. You may be ugly. You may not look. It doesn't matter. There are things that cause a society to reject us just by appearance sake. And it happens all the time. And people live with the feelings of rejection no matter where they go. Women will do anything to make themselves look better. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing what a woman will, they'll bend over backwards to have an appearance. Folks, there's something wrong with this. There's something that's playing on a deep-seated problem inside of us not to be rejected. Please look at me like I'm pretty. Men, we just ain't as blessed as that. We just, if you're ugly, you just got to be ugly. I mean, we ain't nothing we can do about it. I mean, what are we going to do with him? Just put a hat on. I don't know. Put, I don't know. what we Grow a beard. That's what I did, man. Just I'm ugly. Doggone it. You're just ugly. Women, man, they got all kind of, they put four pounds of stuff on their head. And they, Girl, you so pretty. Don't take that off. <laughs> Man, we done got fake hair, fake teeth, fake everything, everything fake, looking for a real man. Help us, Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men. Let me tell you something, folks. I'm talking about something goes deep to the hearts of people right now that we literally fear rejection. But we've all experienced rejection. It don't matter what you do, sometime in life you're going to feel rejection. And it'll plague you, it'll haunt you. And it may cause you to compromise every value you've ever heard of for acceptance sake. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs. The 
By grace, he has made us accepted in the beloved. We can take all our ugly to Jesus, and I'm not talking about just physical appearance. I'm talking about the real things that maybe you just lie. Maybe maybe you just have have done or said things that are, are terribly ugly. Maybe there are so many blots on your character and stains in your life. Sin will stain you. And it goes deep. You know, the Bible talked about being unclean and there were four causes of uncleanness in the old covenant. And the old covenant said, number one, you could be sexually unclean. You could be in reproduction. You could be unclean. And now we see an uncleanness in all kind of, I mean, literally when Jesus cast out unclean, clean spirit, it could have been anything from homosexuality, lesbianism. It could have been any of those perversions. Today, sexual perversion is rampant. We don't know boy from girl. We don't know Adam from Steve. We don't know anything anymore. We don't, we can't say woman. We got to be say a birthing person. What kind of foolishness we're living in. And I, I mean, I hate to have this whole thing dismissed from Facebook because some booger eating fact checker is going to knock me off because of one little thing about this ridiculousness that of, of, of what you're trying to sell or put, put our minds in. But the fact is, many are suffering rejection because of sexual perversion. Many suffer rejection. Food was a, another issue that could get you rejected. You could be unclean because of food. Today, we have the morbidly obese that are literally plaguing society. It's an epidemic in morbidly obesity. On the other extreme, on the other side of the deal, there is anorexia and bulimia and, and, and eating disorder and skinniness. And I got to keep getting skinnier and skinnier. I'm not skinny enough. We got fat bellies. We got flat bellies. But the God has become the belly. We, and it's a certain look we want to look at. Now we're trying to make it pretty for the most unhealthy lifestyles. But again, society rejects uncleanness. Death was another issue. People like to associate with death. And it's amazing to me how many people have just tattooed themselves with skulls and crossbones and, and, and literally everything associated with death. And we make jewelry and costumes and we celebrate the dead on Halloween. And we do all kind of death, 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 death was an uncleanness. We get so identified with death, we get accept. Uh, uh, remember the whole goth culture. I mean, let's dress black. Let's just emo and go flat and show no signs of joy, no sign of life. Rejection. And the fourth way of, of uncleanness was leprosy itself. How we're unclean. The skin plagues were just caused people to be unclean. And society rejected those with physical disease. Folks, there are so many people today who feel the rejection of uncleanness. Some of this is brought about by ourselves. Other things have been just nature itself, something we had no, out of our control, but we feel rejection. God says he makes us accepted in the beloved. This is a wonderful, wonderful message. And so when we consider the idea in the beloved, Jesus Christ himself is the beloved. I want to show you some wonderful things that really correlate with the idea of accepted, highly favored. 
pleasing, highly honored. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. Third chapter of Matthew, Jesus was just freshly baptized by John the Baptist. And in verse 16, it says, we read, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Wow. Too often we read this passage, it's become very familiar to those of us in Christianity who read our Bibles. I can tell you right now, when you think this through, when you have that Selah moment where you stop and really consider, Jesus comes out the waters of his baptism and the spirit of God, the heavens open to him. Now it was open to him. Of course, must have, others must have seen it because they were in there involved in this and the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descended. The Bible says John saw it, right? The Holy Spirit descended upon him and a voice comes out of heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Boy, there's some of us who need to hear. I'm pleased in you. Too often the case today. I'm proud of my son. Man, I don't need anybody to be proud of me. What we need is someone to be pleased with us. Are you pleasing do you think the baptismal waters caused Jesus's face to look different? Do you think he was different? Now all of a sudden was there beauty that we should desire him? No. What happened in that baptismal water happened inside of him. And if we put as much cosmetic on the inside as we did on the outside, maybe people would want you. Do you understand? God said, this is my beloved when we become accepted in the beloved, look what God did with Jesus. I'm so pleased with you, son. This is my son. He claimed him for his own. When you're the son of someone, they give you their name. An identity. They give you the necessities of life. They communicate with you. They nurture you. They'll admonish you if necessary. They do whatever it takes. They show you the moral compasses of life. They show you the boundaries you should live within. Oh, acceptance. Let me tell you something. Your parents may have failed objective. They may have abject failures in everything necessary for the healthy children. But let me tell you something. We have a father in heaven and you could start right now and be nurtured by one who is the best of all and have his divine influence on your heart saying, I'm pleased in you. You could hear the voice of God for yourself that he is pleased with you. So many of you need to hear the voice of God confirming you, affirming you, emphatically saying, you're mine and I love you. Well, what a word. <sighs> Excuse me. Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 17. <coughs> Bible says they were at the Mount 
He took Peter and James and John with him and they went up into the Mount of Transfiguration is what they call it. And he was transfigured there. His face and garments shone white. I mean, he was just bright shining with the glow of the presence of God all over him. And man, he's glowing with God. And all of a sudden there appeared to him Moses and Elijah talking to him about his death is what the Bible says. And they're just speaking to Jesus and encouraging him about what he's fixing to go through. And all of a sudden, Peter ruins the whole scene. He said, Lord, it's good that we're here. Should we make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses, one for Elijah? And suddenly a voice comes right out of heaven and says, this is my beloved son. Look at it. Let's read it right there together. So you, I'm not making it up. Verse, while he was still, I'm in verse five. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Twice now, God spoke specifically, thundered it from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. When you have the pleasure on God of God on your life, when you are highly favored from God, he will cause you to be heard. Some of you sitting right here in the sound of my voice do not feel that anyone ever hears you. You feel like you've communicated to nothing or no one. Nobody listens to you. I hate when I get in a conversation with someone who does not listen. There are folks who can talk. It's painful to listen to them. You got to almost plan your attack to get in. Okay, in three minutes, they're going to run out of breath and they'll die if they don't. So I'm going to inject my word. Hey, and they still can't hear. Dear God, what's wrong with your mouth? It's a real plague. I had a lady call, call me one morning. I was fixing a while. I just got dressed, fixing a while, going to an appointment. Um, Pastor Terrell, do you have a minute? I said, no. She went, at, I promise you, 45 minutes later, I had not said a word. I guess I'm late. You know what she said? She said 45 minutes, and I can't recall one word other than Pastor Terrell, do you have her minute? I never, I, everything else she said to me was just 45 minutes of my life. I'll never get back because I don't, I didn't hear one word. I couldn't hear a word. She caused me to reject everything said. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. I'll tell you something, you want to be heard, start listening to Jesus. Then you'll have something to hear. Then you'll have something to say that people would actually want to hear. Do you know how many times us as believers talk about extemporaneous things that mean nothing to no one? Just wasting airheaded time. 
Why did you just say that? Why did you make me live through that? Why did you hold me hostage? I'm a nice person. I don't want to just tell you, shut up. You see, the picture I get here on Mount Transfiguration, Jesus is glowing with the presence of God. The disciples wake up. Peter has a great idea. Let's make three churches. The church of Moses, the church of Elijah, and the church of Jesus. No, he said, shut up. Don't shut up. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him drown out every other voice and listen to him. Then you have something to say. Hear him. God stamped his confirmation, acceptance, approval, affirmation emphatically once again on his son, his beloved son. We must find our acceptance in the beloved. So many of you are talking, just talk, 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 trying to get something to gain traction that maybe somebody will listen to you. Listen, you want people to listen to you. Speak the things that Jesus speaks. Or else we don't have much to say. Turn with me, please, to John and in the 12th chapter. <clears throat> How many times do we need acceptance? And there are some of you, now listen to me, I've only given one side of that coin. There are some people here who talk and say important things and folks don't listen to them. I'm a preacher. I've been a preacher for well over 42 years now. I preach. I say things about Jesus all the time. And it's hard to gain traction. It's hard to get people to listen. I try my best to say things that are pertinent to Scripture. People don't listen. Happens all the time. I don't feel personal rejection. I really grieve because they reject the words of God. I couldn't care less if you reject me. I'm done with all that. But they reject the words of God. And that's a terrible thing. Hear him. Man, if my, don't look at me, don't look at, hear him. Stay with it. John chapter 12, Jesus is fixing to go to the cross. And in the, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, the 27th and 28th verses, he said, excuse me, I got to put my glasses. I couldn't read it from there. Here we go. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. All of a sudden, we get another confirmation from God speaking right to the heart of Jesus as he's right there on the brink of death. He's fixing to be crucified. And he said, what am I going to say, Lord? Save me from the cross? No, just glorify your name, Lord. And God said, I have both glorified it and I will glorify. He spoke that you will bring me glory in your death. Then you go bring me glory in your resurrection from the dead. Come on, man. 
So God affirmed him and confirmed him. Now I'm saying all this and it's certainly pertinent to the beloved. The Bible says that we find our acceptance in the beloved. Folks, if you want to be accepted by God, follow what the beloved did. We have to live like the beloved. We have to live like, this is my beloved son. Why was God pleased with Jesus? Because Jesus submitted to the, to the baptism of John. He submitted to the repentance, the message of repentance. He submitted himself. Suffer it to be so now for thus it fulfills, uh, it, 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 it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus allowed John to baptize him in the baptism of repentance. The change of mind. He, he literally submitted himself to the revival of that hour. And he said, let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. And God said, this is my, he filled him with the Holy Ghost and said, this is my son. I'm well pleased. Maybe it, God would be pleased with you if you would submit to the re baptism of repentance and to change of mind and the change of heart for the remission of sin. Boy, maybe God would be pleased with you if you'd give your life and walk into the waters of baptism and just say, I'm through with the world. I want Jesus. Maybe if you follow Jesus into the drowning baptism where the old man drowns and is done away with and is buried and you come up a new creature in Christ, maybe you could hear the voice of God affirming your life, confirming your life, literally revealing himself as the Holy Spirit fills you. And he said, I'm pleased with you, son. I'm pleased with you, daughter. <sighs> Maybe if you followed him into that lonely place, into the Mount of Transfiguration, where you commune with him and him alone, and the Spirit of God gets so full in you that you have something to say, but the others can only see and associate with other things they know about religion, and God would say, no, 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 I'm pleased with you. Hear him. Maybe then your voice would become significant in the earth. Maybe if you followed him all the way through where it would cost you everything on this planet. And you say, God, whatever, glorify your name. Maybe you could hear the affirmation again. I've glorified it and will glorify it again. Accepted in the beloved. Now, I, I got ahead of myself on purpose. I did this because the term, the little phrase that I'm really zeroing in tonight is accepted in the beloved. Now, if I wanted to do a proper exegetic, I'd have said accept, acceptance. Then I'd have done in. Then I'd have did beloved. No, I went acceptance, beloved. I want you to now, now that I've really set the stage on what that's highly favored acceptance from God, high honor from God. This is my beloved son. Certainly he's pointing at Jesus, the Christ himself. And he's pointing right at him. And he said, he wants you to find your acceptance in the beloved. In him. All the promises are yes and amen. How can I be found in him? Folks, hear this. If you don't hear another thing I say tonight, you find him, you will be found in him through covenant relationship, blood covenant. When you enter covenant with him through the cross of Jesus Christ. By faith in his blood and what he's done for you. When you make commitment to him by faith in the blood, the two, as in marriage, the two become one. It's called blood covenant. 
And this is what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2. It says it again in Ephesians 5, if you'll go there. Let's look at Ephesians 5 just for a moment. I wrote a whole book called The Creation of Marriage. You can read it online right there on our website. Um, but right here it says, he, start, he talks about wives submit to your husband, husbands you love your wife. Goes through all this about husband-wife marital relationship. Uh, it's not what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll do that when we get to chapter 5. But here's what it says in verse 30. When he's coming to a conclusion on that discussion of marital relationship, he said in verse 30, for we are members of his body, Jesus's body, of his flesh and of his bones for this reason. Now, look, he's drawing on the 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 most pertinent thing to marriage you can find. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And they, too, shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He's not even talking about marriage of a man and a woman. He's talking about the marriage of Christ and his church. And certainly marriage is the greatest expression of that on this planet. But the bottom line is that what he's really trying to get you into is the covenant relationship where you and Jesus become one. Turn me to John 17. I heard a preacher preach on this passage one time when he preached on it. It made me so angry because he's stupid. Let me just say it that way. And he, This is the only prayer Jesus ever prayed that didn't get answered. Sometimes it just amazes me who gets into pulpits. Verse 20. He's been praying. This is a prayer. The whole thing is a prayer. And he says, I do not pray for these alone. He's not just, he was praying for his disciples. He said, I do not pray for these alone, but for also, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now, let me say this. I am one of those who believe in Jesus because of their word. You know why? Because their words are written in this book and I believe this book. I believe the words that were recorded and this book has been preserved absolutely perfect enough for me to get saved, get right with God. I mean, it's perfect for instruction. It's the inspired word of God. It is my absolute authority on this earth. Amen. I'm there. I, I mean, I am absolutely sold out to the scripture that God preserved a document for me that literally I can. In a world full of misinformation, I got the information. The only information I really need is right here. The truth, not a truth, the truth. All right. So stay with it. Watch carefully. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. What? They all may be one as you, Father, are in me. And I in you. Now, Jesus is praying. Now, think about this. He's praying. I'm not praying for these alone. I'm not just praying for these 12 that are with me in this Lord, in this last supper. I'm praying for those who believe in me because of their word. That I'm in you, Father, and you're in me. I'm in you, God, and you're in me. He's saying this out loud. He had to be because they recorded it. Look. Look at you, Father. You, Father, in me and I'm in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. 
I in them and you in me. You want to know how to be found in Christ? Get in relationship, a covenant relationship with him till death do us part. I am literally all in for Jesus. I am in a blood covenant. He cut the covenant of blood at the cross of Jesus Christ. And now I have committed all in. Say, Lord, I believe that that and only that is my salvation. I believe that that and only that is the redemption of my sin. I believe that Jesus paid for me full. I pledge my whole life to him. He gave his life for me. Now I pledge my life to him. Covenant relationship. And the two become one. God is now in me and I'm in God. Come on, somebody. If you understood this, the two become one an inseparable union because of the covenant relationship. He's not speaking of marriage and man and woman. He's talking about Christ in his church. Jesus in me and I'm in him. Christ is in me. And that's the hope of glory. Somebody needs to get this. This is the great mystery. Christ in you, the Holy Ghost in you. Jesus, take it up residency inside of you. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm stirred right there. Turn me to Romans chapter eight. Now, before we get there, let me just say there's a couple of passages in, in the New Testament on, on adoption that are outside of this Ephesians passage. One is in Romans eight. Another one is in uh, Galatians, I think three or four. I can't remember. It, it, it doesn't matter. Basically, both of them refer to the law and that it says that uh, adoption pertained to the Jews. I think it's Romans nine, I think says that and one in, in it's in Galatians. But the point being is that in both of them, it says that the adoption belonged to the Jews. But, you know, when the Jews rejected Jesus, it made you and I have the opportunity for this wonderful salvation we stand in. That's good news if you don't know that. Um, <laughs> and so when we look at this issue of uh, also in Rome, see, I, I'm talking about the adoption of sons now. It belonged to the Jews. But when the Jews re rejected Jesus, God opened the door for all. This is a great mystery. This is what the word of God says, that the that now he has made both one, Jew and Gentile, that we all have the adoption in one, and that one is in Christ Jesus. It's not in the law of Moses. It's not in the uh, in, in, in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is in Jesus Christ, the seed, the word of God. Now, when you and I get this, now look at Romans 8. Let's just pick this up. Um, verse 15. 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, we're talking about children of God now. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you're the children of God. <clears throat> for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That was what the law was, a bondage to fear. It was fear-driven. If you don't, you do. this will happen. Consequential, you did, and if you don't, then you got. if you mess up, you got to kill an animal, blah, blah, blah. We, we go through all the sacrificial system. And no one could keep it. Nobody kept that law. Nobody did. It was a, everybody failed except for Jesus Christ. Now keep going. Watch carefully. 
God did not give you the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer him with him, that we may be glorified together. Now, I want you to focus specifically on the idea that the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your human spirit. Now, this is a big difference from gaining knowledge. This is divine communion with God, where the spirit of God speaks to you just like he spoke to Jesus at his baptism, just like he spoke to Jesus whenever he was on Mount Transfiguration, just like he spoke to Jesus whenever he was about to go to the cross. The Holy Ghost wants to speak inside of you and confirm if Jesus needed confirmation, what about me and you? God is so willing to speak to you. God wants to talk to you and he wants to confirm inside of you. This is my son. This is my daughter. How would we know? Follow him in baptism. Follow him in death to the old man and life to the new. Follow him. Follow him. Become one with him in covenant with Christ. Follow him all the way to the cross and die with him there. Be buried with him there. Come up a new creature in him there. This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Come on, I believe I believe God wants to speak to some people tonight. Some of you have been rejected all your life. Some of you, let me tell you something, just because people reject you don't mean people are mean. Sometimes you're the one making yourself. I know people who make them make people reject them. I'm telling you. It's a self-defense mechanism. I'm going to make you reject me before I get hurt because you'd really love me. I don't want to risk having to love you and then get hurt afterwards. Oh, I know. Accepted in the beloved. Let me tell you something. Whatever you went through, and let me tell you, people have gone through, I've heard some horror stories. We all have our stories of the hurts and pains and traumas and all that. It's all there. Let me tell you something. Nobody went through worse than Jesus. He was despised and rejected of men. If anyone understands the ramification, the consequence, the the things that follow rejection, it's our Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, when we consider this wonderful power, I hate to move off, when we consider that the Holy Spirit wants to confirm the adoption inside of you. And let me tell you something, man. It, it, we talked about all this last week, but boy, to me, that t- tonight is such a simpler way to grasp this. Last week was more technical. This week, it's just it's just so simple. We, I, I'm appealing to you to believe now. Forget no. I want you to believe. I want you to seek and hear the voice of God speak to you and confirm in your spirit till something divine happens and breaks things loose inside of you to where you become free. You become alive. You filled with joy and peace in believing. Huh? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. What does that even mean? It's such a joy you can't even talk about. 
You just got to say something yabba dabba do. Hibbity 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 hibbity. It don't matter what you say, just be joyful. Well, we might get a demon. You ain't got a demon. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get some joy. Cast the religious demon out of yourself and talk in tongues a little bit. It'd be better for most of you if you never said another word in English. Just talk in tongues. Glory be to God. I'd rather listen to that. That ain't intelligent. Well, neither are you. Turn to John chapter one. Boy, I'm having fun with this one. I tell you, this is fun stuff. It's humbling, isn't it? That tongues makes more sense than us. <laughs> well, that's not our theology and that's not of this persuasion in our theology. Okay. I really want that baptism in lemon juice that you had. Pucker mouth. We're the church. Of, we baptize in full 100% lemon juice here. We don't smile. Okay, well. All right. Enjoy that. You ever seen them children eat lemon? That ain't what my taste of salvation was like. I'm going to tell you right now. When Jesus set me free from my sin, it was like, ha, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. hibbity Nobody out there said more stupid things than I said before I was unsaved. I'll, I'll match stupid with anybody. But when Jesus saved me, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. The peace that passes knowledge. Joy without drugs. Joy without alcohol. 42 years, none of that junk. Hallelujah. Come on. Look at John 1. And let's look at this carefully. He, Jesus, was in the world. Verse 10, the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Isn't that amazing? The creator of the world standing right in front of you said, man, who do you think you are? That's what they told him. Y'all do know how they said that to him. Ain't you the carpenter son, man? We know your mama. We know your daddy. Who do you think you are? Can you imagine the creator of the world? Listen, they say, you idiot. How undiscerning can you be? Look, watch. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. What would we call that? Rejection. You're my very people. I made you. I was reading this morning in the book of Ezekiel. And God, through the mouth of the prophet Ezekiel, said some very graphic things about the adoption of Israel. And he put it in terms of a mother who had rejected her baby. I found you. You were a little bloody baby. Nobody cleaned you up. They threw you away in the trash. You were on the side of the road. And I found you. You were just bloody. Nobody cleaned you. Nobody wiped the blood from your birthing. Nobody wiped you up. And I took you in and I cleaned you from my own. And he went into graphic detail of raising this daughter 
all the way through puberty and speaking of all the growth and all this stuff. And it said, and now you became, not only did you become a harlot, you became one. You didn't get paid for your prostitution. You paid others to. He came into his own to save them. And they did not receive him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The creator of the universe, he was in the world. He made the world and the world did not know him. And he stood before his prized possessions of creation. And they said, we don't know you. Who do you think you are? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become children of God. Come on now. Me and you have been given exousia power, the absolute right to become sons and daughters of God. You ought to hear this now. <laughs> he gave he gave us the ability to move right into the adoption. He gave you and I the right, the power, the authority to become sons and daughters of God. How? By believing in his name. You don't feel like you're anybody. Nobody knows you. You feel like a nobody. Let me tell you something. The name of Jesus wants to become your identity that God will make you his own by faith in his son. He came into the world. The world was made by him, but the world did not know him. He came into his own and his own received him not, but to those who received him, to them, he gave the right, the power, the exousia to become the sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. Come on, man. Come on, you need a new identity and it's all in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad to be found in Christ. Let me tell you something. A whole lot of people look at me and say, I remember you from way back then. You, you sleazy, you old, yeah. Call it what you want. Say what you want. But now one thing about it. They say, oh yeah, when they, when they taught you, yeah, he's a Jesus freak. Don't go to Terrell A. Bear's church. He'll go, he'll, he'll speak an hour and a half. Man, you better bring a lunch and you go to his church. You bring enough for me too. I'll eat with you. I ain't lying this time. Stay with it. These were not born of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of the will of God. Let me tell you something. God's will is to adopt you as sons and daughters. That's the will of God. He wants to adopt you and it's a process. And the process is completed when God's spirit witnesses to your spirit. Let me tell you something. When you come all the way through, through the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood cleanses you and God confirms it. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the gavel of heaven falls and a declaration of not guilty falls on you and it enters your head and suddenly you realize the revelation that God has cleaned you. Nothing separates you between him and you anymore. No sin, none. You can look right at him and say, yes, I'm free. I'm clean. No, my sins were scarlet. Now they're white as snow. 
Come on, I was a sin-sick, stained individual, and now he cleansed me by the blood of his son. I believe in the power of the blood, and I'm born by the will of God. God wants you to believe, and as many as received him, them he gave the right to become the sons and daughters of God, even to those who believe in the name, in the powerful name, in the mighty name, in the exalted name, the name above every name. Neither is there salvation in any other name. Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh, I don't know what else to say. You won't catch me there many times, but what else I'm going to tell you? You must be born again. Not by blood, not by flesh. It ain't about your fleshly family. It ain't about who you know. It's about by the will of God. And the Holy Ghost begins to speak to your spirit, your dead man, your inner man, the place where your heart is troubled, the place where fear's been living, the place where all your anxieties and all the garbage you've ever known, your private world where the where the, the, the poop has built up. Like a backed up modad, a clogged septic system. You full of dung in the heart. The Spirit of God reaches his holy arm like he did to Jeremiah in the cesspools of Jerusalem and pulled, I mean, God reached the holiness of his arm into the into all the septic of Jerusalem and pulled old Jeremiah out. He wants to pull you and I out of the miry clay. Set your feet on the rock to stay. He wants to wash you and cleanse you. Set you free. And breathe new life in you. Be born of the will of God. Oh man. I'm almost to tongues. I might finish us off if I just go on into that. Glory be to God. All right, I quit. God bless you. Have a great week. See you next week. We are so thankful that you joined us for this teaching today. It's our sincere prayer that many of you would be born again through hearing God's Word. If you were blessed by this podcast, we would love to hear from you. For more information on Oikos Ministries, visit us on our website, www.housechurchesusa.com.